0: Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. Today, the ultimate sacrifice was paid by no other than Jesus Christ himself when he hung, bled, and died on a cross for you and me so that we could have the hope of life. And uh, so, Dave, we want to have the reality of memory and share several things with you. If you're able, will you stand with us and honor God's word? John chapter 15, the gospel of John chapter 15, one verse verse number 13, uh, and then we'll pray. All right. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. Simply ask for my words to be yours and my thoughts to be yours. And everything that we hear today, we walk in obedience, Lord. You've called us. You, you built us uniquely that we can remember things. You've, you've commanded us to do so But God, help in this memory to be reminded today of what you've done for us already and that you expect us to live it out in our life. And God, today we give you praise and glory in advance for what you do in our time together and the rest of this day, for we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. As I've already said, today we honor those who were willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. Um. One of my modern-day heroes, Uh, I don't use that word a lot, a a lot of my heroes are in heaven. A a lot of people that mentored me and played a part in my life and got me where I am, a a lot of those folks are deceased, and and today they're experiencing their heavenly reward, I believe everything about me. But one that I've come to say is a hero today, that I believe I've labeled him as the most conservative voice in Washington, D.C. as we speak, is a man by the name of Gary Bauer. And uh, somebody asked me after church, so I want to I share that. I got a picture of him, but his name is B-A-U-E-R, so you might have a hard time finding him. But for years, we had him at a general conference with our denomination many years ago, <coughs> and we were solicited to, to go and find out what he was doing. And, and uh, for years now, a lot of the things you hear, you, you, there's some people that love, so I know where he found that. A lot of the things he keeps, he is the conservative voice in Washington. What I mean by that is when you have a liberal slant on something or something is reported to us, There's a lot of times people think that's actually factual, and yet a lot of times just because somebody has a cause, they go find a case that fits their cause, doesn't mean it's totally accurate to the whole picture. Gary Bauer gives a conservative viewpoint to what's going on. His report Monday through Friday, you can get an email, I do it Monday through Friday, unless holidays, that kind of thing, but uh, it's called End of the Day Report by Gary Bauer. That's him right there. He, He, this past Friday, In the report, when I was reading, I thought, man, this is it. I got to share this with the church. Just a snippet. It's a pretty long thing he does sometimes. But I just want to read this to you. This is what he said. He said, of all the dangers facing our country, perhaps the greatest is the one that doesn't make many headlines. Our collective national amnesia. Our history textbooks are sanitized to be politically correct and give our children little sense of the greatness of the nation they live in. The founders are seldom mentioned unless it's a part of the controversy about slavery or some other scandal. I'm often struck by how many American kids have nothing good to say about their own country. Their knowledge of the sacrifices made to establish and preserve their freedom is virtually non-existent. They are the recipients of the greatest freedom and opportunity that any society has ever produced, yet they are unaware of the price that was paid for it. At my father's table, this is Gary Bauer speaking, I learned love of country in a way that only a Marine could teach it. Dad taught me that patriotism wasn't a theory. It was a flesh and blood, real sacrifice and pain. You are your children's most important teacher. They are listening. Explain to your children the price that was paid to stop the evil of fascism and the cancer of Soviet communism. Tell them why there was a Berlin Wall and what happened at Okinawa on the beaches of Normandy at Ground Zero and over the fields of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. At a moment this weekend, teach your children and grandchildren to love the things we love and to honor the things we honor. Finally, let's remind ourselves that liberty is a gift from God and that each generation is paid in flesh and blood to preserve it. As General George Patton said, it is foolish and wrong to mourn men who died. Rather, we should thank God that such men lived. Just a part of Gary Bauer's end of the day report I would admonish everyone here with all the infiltration of information we're talking about memory today we need to have some good things going in amen because there's enough out there that's being bombarded on us what when I think along these lines about memory and the reality of it we need to be reminded today that remembering or having a memory is a God-given ability for humanity I I love research and sometimes it's bigger than me (laughs) And some of the things, and this is one of those, I can get way out in the weeds and not get home. But listen to this the brain has approximately 2.5 petabytes, okay, bytes of, of storage. But what in the world? Are a million megabytes. That's the computer day and age we live in, right? One gigabyte, all right, is one million bytes. Are you confused yet? I want to show it to you. 2.5, all right. Is If we put a 2.5 right here, that's how many memories the mental capacity a human being has. Now, I've been fascinated this in research for some time, but I wonder in the day and age we live in where things like all types of, you have Alzheimer's and, and on and on we go, and it's more and more prevalent I wonder if there's something to be said. This right here is keeping time. I know you don't think I keep time with my sermon, but I have my phone, and it's amazing how we have so much information that I wonder sometimes if there's not a memory issue here going on, that we have so much going in, and and that's not the sermon today, but it does apply when we think about memory. I would tell you, when you look at this number, it reminds me that, God, we have an endless memory. I mean, endless. It is amazing. It is amazing. That God in His memory chooses not to remember things against us, but you and I will always remember. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23. It says if you and I come to do our service, today you've already been, uh, you've probably been greeted by a greeter, an usher has has come your way, Somebody seated you, somebody's cared about you, you've been by the information center, we've seen musicians, we've seen the worship people, we, we've seen the individuals, myself included, there are people, if you've been involved in a salt and light group that's taught and assisted and done things, there have been several people that have already interacted with you today, it is amazing here we, in, in this thing that... The scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 that in doing your service if you remember you have you remember that there's something that you have against someone else there's an issue there it says to leave whatever you're doing whatever ministry you're involved in and go be reconciled to him and then come and do your service remember god gave us a memory that helps us know where we need how we need to live Matthew chapter 26 verse 75 he was just told earlier in the night Peter said, listen, Lord, I'll die for you. We're not going to let this stuff happen to you. We're going to take care of it. He said, yes, Peter, you'll die for me. He said, before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. We know the story goes, that's literally what happened. And it says on one gospel that he saw Jesus face to face, eye to eye. They made eye contact. But it says there that Peter remembered what the Lord had said. And he went away and he grieved and he wept. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, you and I are reminded to remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. I don't even want to go there today, but outside, it seems like outside of us getting dressed up and cleaned up to come to church, there's really no very little difference between the Sabbath and the other six days of the week. I'm not one of those that has a problem with somebody who observes the Sabbath as Saturday. I'm not, I tell somebody, have a Sabbath, but yet we are reminded, listen, to remember the Sabbath. So, the point out of those three today is that God gave us a memory that keeps us balanced in our life. In my lifetime, one of the memories I have and I'll never get over is September 11th, 2001. I remember where I was. I was at the church, and a lady that I really didn't know that well in the church called me at the church to tell me, Have you seen what's happening? I went and got a, a TV screen. We've come a long way, haven't we? It was a TV screen that had a, he sat up on a, a, on a, on a push cart. And we had a a VCR in it, you know, that kind of thing. And and I remember I turned it on. I got a subtle antennas, and I got enough reception where we were to to see what was going on. You remember that saying that came out of that, we will never forget. You can go on your phone right now and, and, and go to Google and put in images we will never forget, and you will see hundreds of different things. I fear sometimes in the memory arena that we live in, we have so much information that we have forgotten. I think there are times that we need to realize that God gave us memory so that we would never forget. I will never forget George W. Bush with the, with the bullhorn, and he said, we hear you, and all the world hears you. You remember that? Just those types of things, the memories that we have. And yet this weekend, we also attribute the many that have given their life the ultimate sacrifice for us to have the freedoms we do as a country. Since 1948, for Memorial Day, the 3rd U.S. Infantry Regiment, called the Old Guard, Places American flags on the headstones, at the headstones of service members buried at Arlington National Cemetery. There are over 200,000 flags that have been placed this year, that you're seeing this picture, that commemorates and memorializes those that were willing to give the ultimate sacrifice for you and me to sit and to stand where we do today and have the freedoms that we do. And I'll say it again, but we need to be reminded that freedoms are not free. Hmm. What should we remember this Memorial Day weekend? Give you four things today. First, we need to remember the, sac- sac- uh, the sacredness of sacrifice. What we've come to determine, what we've come to say for many years now, the ultimate sacrifice. I always say some of these same things over and over, but they need to repeat it over and over and over. Over 1.3 million people in the history of America have given their lives in wars and conflicts for you and me to enjoy the freedoms that we do as a country. Hmm. There's something about sacrifice that must be sacred. But there's also a solemnness because of this substitute. And of course, today when we think about the ultimate sacrifice, we cannot have a point like this without talking about Jesus himself. Jesus is the standard bearer who substituted his life for mine and your life. He died so that you and I could live. He took my place on the old rugged cross so that I could be saved, I could be redeemed. Good stuff. He died so that you and I could live. It doesn't just happen by osmosis, it happens because we accept his offer. We realize that he, must want, he wants to save us and we ask him to do so. What should we remember? Not only the sacredness of sacrifice, but secondly, the, pa- the passion of patriotism. Here's a soapbox, y'all ready? I shall never understand in America, well, I will never understand the person who enjoys all the benefits of the place, all the freedoms of the country, but complains and begrudges the very country that they live in. I will never understand that. You enjoy all the freedoms. Here's the thought. I would have more respect for someone that got on a plane and went and lived somewhere else and then had an issue with America than the person who lives here and enjoys all the freedoms all the time by begrudging and complaining about it. That's my soapbox. But I'm going to hug my soapbox. I'm going to stick with it. Mm. There is a passion of patriotism today. Patriotism is not a bad word. You know, I understand, I've read, I've educated myself, I understand some of the points that people are trying to make. But there's something sacred, there's something patriotic about old glory waving and realizing what it symbolizes. And you understand the colors and you understand the sacrifice, and you understand the commitment that people made so that you and I could enjoy what we do. And I do think there's still a, pace, a passion of patriotism, and there should be. And the day that we don't have patriotism anymore is a bad day for America, I guarantee you. I am concerned, you didn't come to hear about eschatology, which is a a 50 cent word for end times, but I am concerned that if you study the end times, you'll find that that there's something strangely absent. And what's strangely absent in a lot of end times study is where's America? I wonder, as we live in the end times, I wonder if it will happen on the inside I wonder if something will happen to America and we'll just implode from within. So a time comes for us to be patriotic. A time comes for us to stand. A time comes for us to stand for what is right. We won't see the need anymore because our passion of patriotism is no more. I don't know, but it's worth thinking about. Why should we remember? What should we remember? The sacredness of sacrifice. Secondly, the passion of patriotism. Let me give you one or two more. Thirdly, we should remember that we are under attack by the adversaries they are real there are people for whatever reason that hate the very existence of America if you don't believe that you need to reacquaint yourself of all that went on with September 11th and I always tell people I think it was uh, it was some years before if you remember they tried to blow up the World Trade Center from the subway y'all remember that there's a there's a hatred now let me just put this in spiritual context for you there is a hater and an enemy of our soul and his name is Lucifer He's not a fictional character, folks. He's not red. He doesn't have a pitchfork. He doesn't have a tail as people have depicted. I, you would be amazed today if we could see a literal, the devil himself could stand here in our midst and, and be in, and form so that we could see him. You would be amazed. I believe everything about me at his beauty. See, it all started in heaven we're told that jesus said i saw lucifer fall i saw satan fall from heaven and a third of the angels went with him jesus said that he said i saw it i saw where there was those issues and the whole issue with the devil is just like what we deal with every day he just wanted to be god <laughs> he didn't want to be second third or fourth in command he wanted to be it that's what he sold to eve in the garden but i want you to understand he's not what's depicted today he's not a fictional character he's a factual character He's a hater of our soul. He desires for us to spend eternity with him like he will. He already knows what his, where his jurisdiction is. But not only that, but Ephesians chapter 6 reminds us, I've been saying it for some weeks now, it stays on my mind, that you and I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And the reason I tell you that is there, we are attacked by an adversary or an adversaries. Hmm. People who love darkness more than light. And I'll also say this, this won't make me any friends, but research bears out, education bears out, history bears out. For now, for about a century, we've been overwhelmed by the adversaries called Marxism. People don't like that because, oh, oh, here we go, now we're politicizing it. But there are people that are trying to change the very Judeo principles, Christian principles that we've lived by in America. Are there blights? Are there issues in America? Yes. As long as humanity is around, there's going to be issues. Amen? Amen. There's always going to be people that think of themselves more highly than they ought to think. People that don't treat others the way they want to be treated. People that look down and and do all kinds of things that are despicable to mankind. But that doesn't break us out to be any different. We should be what Christ wants us to be in our life. There's an attack of the adversaries. We need to inform ourselves and educate ourselves. And you just need to know this. What's going on in the educational system has been won over by this stuff. There's the attacks of adversaries. And then one more. won't stay here long, but here it is. What we should remember, fourthly, is the frailty of freedom. Ronald Reagan said any society that has the freedom, the democracy, the republic like we have is only one generation from extinction. Hmm. You and I have a mandate to take care of it. It doesn't just happen. So I read that with Gary Bauer, the reason that spoke to me the way it does, because we have generations that come along, that are coming along now that don't realize the price that was paid for us to have what we have today. And we're just one generation away from extinction. There's a fellow who has moved. He loved Veterans Day. He would call me early. He and his bride would call me. What are we going to be doing for Veterans Day? And this past year, my, my buddy Joe Pope, Colonel Joe Pope, moved from, he moved from Veterans Day to being memorialized today. Miss Betty's here. I think about what he's seeing right now. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God's prepared for those that love him. I know there are others that we could put on that list, but I just want to share that about him. I thought it was unique the person that I think loved that day as much as anybody, more than anybody else in our church. He wanted to make sure he on, we honored those that were willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice and were veterans. But he also wanted to honor those that paid the price with their life so that you and I could have the freedoms that we do. One of the things I remember several years ago with Brother Joe, I decided one day to call him uh, General instead of Colonel. I said, how you doing, General? And in his stately military way, he said, well, Pastor, I never made general, but thanks for the consideration. (laughs) It was so him, so him. But I want to remind you today, he loved his family, he loved his church, but he bled for his country. And today, Miss Betty, he has been transformed from being a veteran to today we memorialize him. He's more alive today than he ever was here, and we have that hope today. But I want to remind you today that freedom, there's a frailty to freedom. Freedom. That if we don't take care of it one day, we'll be telling people on down the line, I'll be telling my grandkids the way it used to be in America. I don't want to see that day happen. You're talking about the frailty of freedom. Years ago, I went to Honduras. I was just in my 20s as a pastor. I was really young. I remember I was overwhelmed. Dunkin' Donuts had just come on the scene, and they had a Dunkin' Donuts in Honduras. It was like a spiritual moment. I I thought we were fixing to connect with the Lord. Dunkin Donuts and y- I mean, in, in Honduras, Tegucigalpa, Honduras, I said, "Oh, we're going Jesus is, Jesus is here. Now we're going to have us a Dunkin donut." We pulled up in the parking lot, and the first thing I saw was a man in a military outfit that had a shotgun with a pistol grip on it, protecting that store. So it set off, I learned a lot about their government, and I realized that I wasn't in America. And you tell me, listen. It's not in my notes. It keeps coming to mind, so it must be for us today. This doesn't make me accept it. There are people that walked out of the 830 service this morning right along the lines of this sermon. She'll see me very carefully. If we don't get a grip, folks, one day we'll have to get guards that will come out and support us while we're and, and, and walk around, show a military presence, show a police presence while we're having worship. Hmm? Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, let's keep going the way we're doing. Hmm? It's time to redeem to the Lord to say so. It's time around the water coolers of, of, the, of work. When somebody is not standing for what you believe in, you need to stand. Amen? Not just on this platform, not just in the security of, of a Sunday morning when it goes out on Facebook, but it's fine for God's people to stand for what is right. And the stuff that you hear going on today. And there are people in the sound of my voice probably, you already turned me off because you've been so educated and people have told you the way that it is. You haven't even opened up to the way that it used to be. And the things that's being propaganded, propaganded out in front of us, the frailty of, of freedom. Here's some verses for you today. Exodus chapter 13, verse 3 said, Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day when you came out of Egypt, out of that place of slavery, for the Lord brought you out from here by the strength of his hand. Nothing leavened may be eaten. Did you, did you realize today, have, have you realized today why, have you ever learned it, I should say, what the whole deal with leaven and unleavened bread is? There's a lot of time I'm asking, sometimes it doesn't come to mind. I go, oh, no, it's, it, there's got to be big spiritual emphasis. There's got to be great significance. I bet it's got something to do with the impurities of that leaven, and it messes up everything. You know why they ate unleavened bread? I'll give it to you very quickly, very simply. Because when the, when, when the last plague happened and kids were dying all over everywhere, <laughs> and you remember they put the blood over, you know, and I'll pass over. You remember all that? See, here's what happened. It says in that deal that they didn't even have time for the bread to rise. They had to go so quickly that there wasn't enough time to put leaven in the bread so that it would rise. And it's to commemorate the quickness of God's when God intervened and they went from being in bondage to freedom. They didn't even have time for bread to rise. So they eat unleavened bread, remembering how quickly God came on their behalf. So Moses has reminded them, don't ever forget that God took you out of bondage. Huh? into freedom. And folks, this is what I want to tell you today, and I'm not going to spend this much time on the rest of the verses, but I want to remind you. My pastor used to say it this way. One of the problems with people in their spiritual life is they get over being saved. Hmm? We get sophisticated. You know what I'm talking about? The tears dry up. We get used to the thought that I was a sinner on my way to a devil's hell and God redeemed me. I went from being a nobody that's a foreigner and a stranger to being a saint of God, in the family of God, and the an heir of God, and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And see, we get over being saved. And, and what, what Moses is saying is, don't ever forget. Always remember when you're eating that unleavened bread and it doesn't taste good. Always remember that God showed up and God showed out on our behalf. Proverbs 10 verse 7 says, the remembrance of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. I like that, will rot. Psalm 103.2 says, my soul bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits hmm we're blessed aren't we preach if you'll hush we'll go eat lunch we're blessed right preach if you'll hush we'll go home and I don't know we just got a couple of people that live near the church that walk to church we're all gonna get in a ride hmm you're looking good this morning in the darkness you clean up well for Sunday we're blessed aren't we ladies you painted the barn this morning huh we're blessed right we got men who painted a barn. You can come to the altar and get that right. Just seeing if you're still out there. Listen, my soul, bless the Lord and do not forget all His benefits. Aren't we great? We have an opinions. We love to complain. Why didn't this work out? Why didn't that? Here's what you ought to do today. You ought to remember His benefits. 1 Thessalonians chapter one verse two and three says, "We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall." <laughs> We have memories in the presence of our God, the Father, your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the last one, John 14, 26. Says, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, listen, and remind you of everything I have told you. You don't know this, but your and offering, and giving to the church go. so we've hired people that remind me what I'm supposed to do. Now, I guess I got a, Bo walked around today after the first service and said, you know, I can't remember, so I guess we're going to have to get them to remind you too, Bo. But you know what one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, according to that verse, is? Is to remind you. Hmm. Don't we need to be reminded sometimes of what God has done? Instead of the complaining we do that we think God hasn't done something? huh you said Preacher, I missed that point. Let me tell you something. God just allowed you to be in a place like this where the gospel could be preached. You can come face to face with the living Christ. (laughs) I think that's pretty big stuff. I do. I'm going to close this way. It won't take long. Jesus told us to to remember. Do you know that? Jesus told us to remember. It says that he took the bread and and he took the cup. He prayed over them. And he broke the bread and he said, this is my body, which was given for you. Hmm. Then it says he took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant. He said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he comes. Then he said something very profound. He said, as often as you do this, you do in remembrance of me. Memory. God gave you one. I'll tell you, don't lose heart. I can't remember what I used to. (laughs) But I'll tell you, there's some things we shall never, ever forget. Hmm? You know what the writer of Hebrews said? He said, if we take this for granted, we sin willfully after this. It says, we trodden underfoot the Son of God. And we profane, we make the blood of Jesus like ordinary blood. Huh? Listen, the blood and body of Jesus was not ordinary. It was extraordinary. You know why? Because he never sinned. He became the sinless sacrifice for you and me. So today, Miss Betty, we're going to remember, Brother Joe. Today, we're going to remember 1.3 million people who gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be free in America. The countless number of millions who gave their life. They weren't on the battlefield, but they were willing to and have since died. But today, we would be remiss if we don't remember the one who paid the ultimate sacrifice hmm? do you remember Do you remember as, when you came as a sinner just as you were the old hymn says just as I am you came just as you were and invited Christ to come into your life because you realized the sacrifice that he paid you have that relationship you could take me to the place I want to ask you one more thing are you also living it out in your life See, to be right with God is not taking for granted the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. See, I think sometimes we hear stuff so many times and there's so many memories and so much it loses its value in our mind. There's nothing devaluing about the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. So I asked you today, the reality of memory is that God set it up that you and I would always remember. Hmm. We invite you to visit lakeshorecmc.org to find out more online. That's lakeshorecmc.org. Thank you for joining us.